I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. So today we're talking about our origin stories, basically the day we each moved to New York, mm-hmm. which is a different day for each of us. And then got superpowers. <laughs> I wish we got superpowers when we moved here. I'd say we did not. I don't know if anyone actually wants to listen to this episode. I'm <laughs> like, you kind of don't want to do this episode, but... Mm-hmm. I want to do this episode because when I was conceiving of this podcast, it was kind of through the lens of this episode in a way mm-hmm. that we are two people who are not from here and chose to come here and make our adult lives here, which at various points has looked cute and not so cute. Huh. And so hopefully people feel after listening to this episode that like, they're not alone in their New York City experience or that things get better or they're just laughing at us because this is going to be, I think, funny. I look back and laugh, personally. Yeah. But I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, take it away. Okay. So this starts a few days before I moved here. Mm -hmm. Picture, if you will, 21-year-old baby Jordan living in Boston, having just graduated from college. Hey, how about them pats? <laughs> that was a funny, like, um, when you're watching a movie and they need to establish setting really quickly, they just have, like, a background character say something like that. I yeah, liked it. that's what I was going for. Yeah. Um, I'd sublet my apartment. I, was, I had packed up everything I owned. I was going back home for my brother to graduate from high school. And so... I have very generous friends who had storage space in the basement of the apartment they were renting Mm -hmm. and allowed me to put all of my earthly possessions there. They also had a car, Mm. which was clutch, because they put all my boxes in the back of their car and drove it to their basement storage. I would say generous friends with a car is a pretty uh, common theme between us. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to them, though. Great people. And then I flew home. And after that, we flew to Europe. In this time, my roommate and I had I had come to New York for a weekend and we had found an apartment and put an application in. I get to Europe and that application falls through. <gasps> so I now have no place to live. It's 2013. Um, so we have like Wi-Fi in the places we're staying, but I don't have Wi-Fi anywhere else. Mm. Um, Every text I send costs me 25 cents. Every call I make is a dollar a minute. And I'm sitting in the Guinness Brewery, like, crying because (laughs) I'm so stressed out that I have nowhere to live when I get home in a week. And my mom is like, it's going to be fine. And my stepdad, my brother, and my stepsister are just, like, drinking beer and pretending they don't know me. Um, And... My roommate and I are texting, which I don't even know how much it ended up costing. And I was just like, you have to go find a place and let me know how much it costs and I will wire you any amount of money you need. So bless her, she finds another apartment. 
I'm trying to send her all of this money on the Wi-Fi and like this, I don't even think Airbnb existed yet, um, but we were like staying in this apartment in London and I'm trying to send her all this money and my bank shuts down my bank account because I'm wiring all of my money from a London IP address. Uh. And so I have to get on the phone with my bank for a dollar a minute to tell them that I need access to my money so I can have a place to live. And finally that all works out. My roommate, applies for this apartment, signs our lease, gives them all the money. We technically have a place to stay. I've never been there. And I get to finish vacation. (laughs) And I fly back to Boston because for some reason when we bought these tickets, we were like, yeah, I should definitely go back to Boston. Mm -hmm. I'm super strung out and like jet lagged because you know I get really bad jet lag. (laughs) And... I go to stay with my friends who are keeping all my stuff in their basement. The next day, it was a Friday. This is the day that Mm. I moved to New York. So beginning of the day, I wake up in Boston. I put all of my things back in their car. We drive to UPS and I mail everything I own to this address that I've never been to before. (laughs) Get back in their car, (laughs) drive to South Station. (laughs) Traffic is terrible. So I'm like minutes from missing my bus. Nice. They stop at a stoplight. I jump out of their car, grab my suitcase, which is now the only stuff I own, Mm -hmm. run to South Station, run through South Station, get to the Bolt bus. Is Bolt bus even a company anymore? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they're around, I think. I I said that confidently, but I actually have no idea. This is the only time I've ever ridden a Bolt bus, and I've never seen one since, to be honest with you. I think they're around. I think they just do a little regional shit like this though mm. so you're not gonna see them other places they might only be like new york boston and back i don't know now i'm just actually making things up i don't know if someone knows if bull butts exist fact check us fact check us jeez i guess i can put that in the show notes i don't know what our show notes necessarily are gonna be for this episode Stock photos of bull bus. <laughs> it'll probably be like the best marketing they've gotten in a while honestly <laughs> yeah bull bus if you're hearing this we don't necessarily want you to sponsor us <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyone well, we who's not. ridden a bus from Boston to New York necessarily knows what's coming in this story. But I think the moral of this story for me is really that, like, all of the things I did were really ill-informed. And yet, at this time in my life, you couldn't tell me that I wasn't doing, like, exactly the right thing, you know? Uh-huh. Like, I felt really prepared for this situation that clearly I was not at all prepared for. That's fair. I feel like there's no easy entrance into new york unless you are someone who has a ton of money yeah that's true there's no it's always like a crash landing i think it was old like 50s black and whites where like the plane is like wobbling right (laughs) but it's like a really bad special effect the cockpit is just shaking but the actor is still sitting still they're like we have to crash land and then (laughs) when it goes down and you see like the puppet plane go through all the like puppet mr rogers style trees like i feel like that is the typical uh new york city entrance that's a pretty apt metaphor for what happened to me yeah because yeah. as you can imagine i'm riding this bus i have an appointment at my management company because i need to sign our lease still and after i sign our lease they'll give me the keys to my apartment mm-hmm. except i booked this appointment assuming the bus was going to take the four hours it said it was going to take mm. mm-hmm. 
Obviously, that's not the case. I have bad move. We're like six hours into this thing, and I'm still riding the bus, and we're not in New York City yet. Yeah, you're just in Connecticut somewhere. And the reason I remember it was Friday is because I, if the place closed... Because you got to get down on Friday. I wasn't going to have anywhere to live. Mm, tricky. Yeah, so I'm on the phone with them, and I'm like, I'm going to miss the appointment we have. They're like, that's fine. We'll give you the last appointment of the day. Wow, that's pretty nice. Yeah, they were very nice. Um, but I'm like racing... The bus isn't racing, but I'm racing. Texting my mom, I'm like, what am I going to do if this place closes and I have nowhere to live? My mom was like, it's going to be fine. I was like, it's not going to be fine. Panicking on this bolt bus. Uh-huh. I think panicking on the bolt bus is like pretty common. Yeah, I probably wasn't the only person on the bolt bus panicking. Probably the only person panicking because they maybe weren't going to have anywhere to live for the weekend because they decided to like move to New York City this way. Mm. We get there, I get off the bus, I take my bag, I buy my first Metro card. Yeah. <laughs> I, my phone tells me what subway to take, I get on the subway. I get to the management company and it turns out that like, they've given me this appointment but it's also someone else's appointment. <laughs> so someone else is signing a lease for a building with like a doorman and a roof deck and a gym. Nice. And I'm like over here signing this lease for like this apartment that I've never been to in the Heights. <laughs> Which actually, as I was reminiscing for this episode, was a really nice apartment. Yeah, it's a great spot. That place was great and we can't afford it anymore. It's like too nice for us now. So I'm not gonna talk shit about it. Thanks, Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so I get my keys, I sign my lease, and I get back on the subway and go to a place I've never been before. Zoom. <laughs> Which was really nice. I get there. Um, my roommate hadn't moved in yet. She was about a week from moving in because she was wrapping up stuff where she was currently living. Mm. And so I'm there. I'm by myself. I'm like, oh, this is nice. I think we had probably already decided whose room was going to be whose because it was like very clear to me which my room was. And I put my stuff down. I'm like, okay. I had ordered a bunch of furniture already because I knew that this was going to be like furniture that I wanted to hold on to for a while. And really it was like, it was the bed frame that we just got rid of. It's the dresser I still have. Mm -hmm. It was that side table we got rid of last year. Mm -hmm. So it was all furniture that I've kept for a long time, this bookshelf. Mm -hmm. Um, And the furniture wasn't coming for the next few days, but... I was like, I need some stuff right now. <laughs> I need like a shower curtain so I can take a shower. I need like some toilet paper. I need an air mattress so that I can sleep. Mm. That air mattress we literally just got rid of. Wow. Yeah. Sure. But because, I mean, I had lived in Boston, but I was still like a suburban kid in my soul, you know? <laughs> and so my thought was like, well, I'm going to have to go to Target. And it turns out that I lived right across the bridge from the Target in the Bronx. Mm. Not the one we go to now, but the other one. And so I like looked it up on Google Maps. I find out in this moment also that I don't have reliable cell service in this apartment, which I've never been to before, but now live in. Um, And we don't have Wi-Fi yet. So I'm like out here like trying to get a signal so I can figure out where Target is. And it's like a mile away. And I'm like, oh, I can walk that. This is great. Uh Uh-huh. So I start walking based on the directions on Google Maps and I get to this point where I'm about to be a pedestrian on the freeway, like walking across an on-ramp and I'm like, well, I guess this is how New York City is. Nice. (laughs) And so I like walk across the on-ramp and manage to not die. I get to this Target, I buy a bunch of stuff and then I carry all my stuff on my back, like 
across this on-ramp and back to my apartment, I realize now in retrospect, I could have absolutely gotten an Uber. Like Uber existed at this point. <laughs> But I don't know if it was just that I was like, oh, I don't have a job. I shouldn't spend any money mm-hmm. or if it like didn't even occur to me that this was an option. Yeah. You're just still in the zone. You're just like, well, I just got to fucking walk. <laughs> Can't do the damn thing. I get back to my apartment and I'm like blowing up my air mattress. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I even bought a blanket. Mm. Um, I think I used like the towel that I had brought with me in my bag and I sat on my air mattress and cried. And that was the day I moved to New York City. Wow. It was all, like, great from there, though. Everything has gotten better from that moment, I would say. Hmm. But, yeah, definitely, like, not the level we're living at right now when I moved to New York City (laughs) on a bus from Boston. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty serious. Um, my story, I don't know. Let's see. I don't know where to begin. You, you could know. either begin when you decided to move or like when your plans to move solidified, or you can just go into the day if you think it needs no introduction. Wow. Um, yeah, well, I'll give a little background because it all, it'll, it'll help with the later context. So I've been debating what I was going to do with my life. Uh, I had a job in Boston and was thinking about New York, putting feelers out. I was also considering going back home to Carolina. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to do entirely. There are a lot of paths open to me. And had... Was this the point where you were going to buy that biofuel bus? Uh, I wasn't going to buy a biofuel bus. I was going to convert an old truck into a biofuel truck. You had a lot of plans. Correction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still have a lot of plans. <laughs> that plan isn't, like, null. It's just... <laughs> been earmarked a little bit <laughs> on the back burner oh yeah <laughs> and i talked to some friends of mine kind of sounded out and one thing i wanted i kind of wanted a uh landing pad because i didn't have any savings i had no real way of living in new york unless i had a job lined up i didn't know that was really a hard thing a lot of people move here including you without a job lined up but it just seems to make sense to me to figure that out so i talked to uh my friend Eric, who um, I played lacrosse with at Emerson, and he was like, oh, yeah, my brother uh, is a teacher at a school. I'll message him and see if he has any openings at his school. And I was like, great. Uh, turns out he, he did. Uh, <laughs> so I talked to him a little bit. There's a place called the Rebecca School, and I gave them a call, had a phone interview, and... They were basically like, yeah, great. You can come in for an interview whenever. Um, I don't know if I did the classic lie and say you're from New York thing. I might have told them that I was wanting to move to New York. Because I feel like in education, that's a little more acceptable than in like the office scene. Because teachers move. Like really, the only reason a teacher leaves a school unless they have a bad experience is because they're moving, right? That's kind of how the education sphere works. Um, True. I'd say most common knowledge that gets spread around out here is like just use your friend's new york city address on your resume yeah absolutely but i think for the purposes of teachers i don't know that's the same so i think i told them i was in boston but looking to move for the start of the next school year and they were pretty cool with it um so i was like great so i had the job lined up and then i needed an apartment and i texted uh, my friend mike who is an old childhood friend who i knew was living in new york at the time 
And I was like, hey, man, I was going to turn to Craigslist, but I wanted to check with you and see if you knew of anyone who needed a roommate. And he's like, yeah, actually, I need a roommate because there was a four-bedroom apartment in Bushwick, and one of the people was leaving. And I was like, oh, great. Well, I need an apartment. <laughs> I think people who are listening who don't know you, like, don't know kind of the way you tend to walk in the light <laughs> in terms of just, like, not that... Not that you don't work hard for opportunities, but I think you like just have this aura of like opportunities come to you <laughs> and things like tend to line up, you know? I suppose. I don't know. I think this is an example of one of those times where you were just like, oh, you know what would be convenient? If someone I knew needed a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I, I said, sure. Um, I think I came and saw it. I think I came to visit you one time, actually, and then I went out to Bushwick. Yeah. I kind of saw the space. Like, I wasn't going to say no at this point, because what the fuck else was I going <laughs> to do? But I still wanted, like, a sense of where I was going to be and what to expect. And so that was done. I don't, I don't even remember if I... I don't think I signed a lease that first year. I think I paid Mike, who paid on the apartment's behalf i i don't remember i think that's true because i think that for they had a fourth person lined up who had signed the lease and that person like disappeared yeah so i just like unofficially sublet i don't exactly recall if anyone from that group is listening feel free to fact check me also all about truth on apartment 26 um anyway so then i was like okay great well how am i gonna get to new york now and i don't have a lot of stuff but i have some stuff uh and namely the desk yeah, the desk, for sure. I still had some other big pieces. And I kind of sent it in waves. Like, Man in Golden Helmet lived with Brady for a while. Mm. And so did Hawaiian shirts, some big art. Had the trombone and the cross gear go with someone. And then I just kind of kept my personal stuff, my clothes, um, some of my books. Some of my other books, I think, might have lived with Brady, too. I don't remember how much stuff Brady had. Brady, thank you, if you're listening. Um, and I was like, great. And I talked to my friend Bobby, convinced him to drive me down, which I don't necessarily know how I convinced him. Um, he wasn't, like, going to New York. I was just like, hey, man, do you want to move me to New York? It's because people love doing things you ask them to do. <laughs> it's uncanny. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so threw all my shit in his car, and away we went. This was at the very end of a ridiculous lease slash sublet slash like shit show in Austin, <laughs> which would come back to haunt me a little bit while I lived in New York. And there was some shit to sesh out with that. Uh, but it was at the tail end of that. And I move and everything goes like fairly smoothly. You know, we hit traffic. We're like doing the thing. Uh, and I get to Bushwick, move in. I think you came over. We all went to Delhi the there. Uh, still going well. And so I had my interview with the Breck School in two days. Now I'm like, great. Like, I didn't think that first night didn't do anything. Just, like, chilled. Second day, you go to work. I start prepping for the interview. Go to look at what dress clothes I have. And realize that I only have my dirty laundry with me. <laughs> I do not have my bag of clothes. Which was my fault, because I put both my dirty laundry and my clean clothes into two big black trash bags. Uh, and I only took one of those trash bags. So I immediately text. I think Eric was still at the house. And I think Brady was coming over oh, to see, grab the paintings. That's a good situation. Like, Eric is the guy you want in the house when all your clothes are left in the house. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, left all my clothes. When Brady comes to get the paintings, would you please 
give him the trash bag in my room that is not trash. <laughs> uh, and they're like, sure. And I texted Brady and made sure he knew it was up. Um, and so my clothes were coming to New York in three days, which wasn't or whatever amount of days. And it wasn't convenient because my interview with Rebecca School was tomorrow. So I was like, shit. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it's like I was interviewing for a TA position, so I didn't have to dress in a suit or anything wild, but I wanted to make a good first impression. And I had, like, ratty T-shirts and jeans and whatever else. So I scrambled and went to a thrift store called Blessed By. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, yeah. What a place. Yeah, it was a great one. Um, still is a great one, probably. Pretty spoiled for that location. Got a lot of good finds in there. God, um, that place was right around the corner from your apartment and such a treasure trove. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and just to be clear, Blessed By wasn't this like ironic hipster name, even though it was in Bushwick. No. These people were just like Christ followers and ran a thrift shop and like wanted you to be blessed by amazing buys. So I <laughs> And we were. Yeah, and we were, for sure. Um, hopefully they're still open. I think they probably are. I think they must be, really. I'll put that in the show notes, too. <laughs> yeah. The only thing in the show notes, does, does Bulba still exist? Does Blessed By still exist? <laughs> Important questions, for sure. <laughs> and it wasn't called Blessed By at the time. They changed the name later. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't remember what it was called. I think it might have just called, been called, like, Wyckoff Thrift or something kind of simple, and mm. then they changed it, rebranded. Um, so, yeah, and I bought this, like, white, button-down, white and blue button-down polo, and I washed the jeans that i had been wearing in the car ride in the bathtub i like borrowed some laundry detergent because uh, i just like i was pretty broke honestly when i moved to new york so i didn't even really have the money for laundry quarters i was riding out till i could work at rebecca school and get my first paycheck because i had given uh like i had to put down rent and i think i had to cover the kid's security deposit i think that was a big point of contention if i remember correctly is not only did the kid bail but he didn't put down security deposits they were like looking for someone pretty immediately mm. and i was like all right well let me get all my fucking money together <laughs> and do this thing then um, yeah the day you moved to new york is really not the day to like need money you no, know? yeah no <laughs> yeah um i was like budgeted for groceries and that was it i couldn't fucking break that budget at all <laughs> so yeah so i didn't have the money to do laundry so i just borrowed some detergent from mike i think maybe even if we're being really honest in this episode i might have just stolen it. i might have just taken some detergent uh, <laughs> and just washed my jeans in the bathtub uh dried them out and then proceeded to go to the interview get the job and uh continue my life in new york the rest is history yeah the rest is history that was like my first really like my first week i would say this first day wasn't too too eventful the car ride down wasn't crazy or anything that's true. I feel like the only thing that went wrong with your actual move was forgetting all of your clothing. Yeah. And that wouldn't have been a big deal, per se, if I didn't have, like, the interview so close. Yeah, it was pretty immediately rectified by, like, all of your other friends moving here as well. Yeah. So, yeah. If anyone else has a moving to New York story that is equally traumatizing and or funny, feel free to share them with us on Instagram. I feel like we can all stand in solidarity <laughs> on that. Yeah. Probably. I wonder if people's is this wild. I don't, I've, no one has ever told me that the day they moved to New York City was like the best day of their life, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's universally a day of being like, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> but 
but like being too broke to rectify it. <laughs> yeah. Like you just land in New York, you crash land like that fifties movie, and you just like look around, you're like, I'm alive, I'm alive. <laughs> and then you know you gotta like make camp and like eat the dead and do all the things you do when you land in a plane crash, you know. <laughs> yeah, but then I mean, then you live in New York City and your life is awesome, you know. Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment Twenty Six. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time.